Welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George, back in action with the Deacon Bear. We're back, baby! We had a little break over the holidays. We're kind of in the middle of it, but we had Thanksgiving, Christmas coming up, but here... Mm -hmm. You know, we start Advent soon. You went out of town to Tulsa, Oklahoma on yeah. a little vacation. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved Tulsa. I came into the studio and you weren't here. Yeah, I wasn't here. No. Did you come in really? No. I, okay. No, we were. <laughs> I was like, hey, we're recording tomorrow. And you're like, I'm not in town. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? And then we had Thanksgiving. Guess what? What? News update. Uh-oh. Show mom came in for Thanksgiving. Wow. Yep. How did it go? Great. We had a nice dinner. That's nice awesome. time together. Our family. Now, since she listens, I bet she feels pretty like caught up on things. Because normally at holiday get-togethers, I'll catch up. How's that going? How's this going? But she listens to the podcast every week, so she's probably like, I know everything already. Pretty much everything about my life is on the podcast. If yeah. you want to know what's going on, yeah, you know, listen to the show. So did you run out of things to talk about? <laughs> no, never. Okay, all right. Mm -mm. And I'm going to be in Atlanta... Next weekend, oh. uh, given an Advent talk next Friday. So I'll get to see um, some family again, my sister, brother-in-law, and yada, yada, and, and show mom. So What a blessed time. But she is very disappointed when we don't record. Oh, yeah, really? And I said, look, mom, here's the deal. <laughs> you know, Adam and I need a break sometime. We need, a, <laughs> we need some time off. You know, we can't just record all the time. We've got to take care of ourselves. So how was Tulsa? Oh, it was great. It really is. Um, it's a, you know, it's, it's a lot different than South Louisiana. It's like 4% Catholic there, but the 4% is strong. It's a strong Catholic community there. Yeah, one of our guests and friend of ours and good friend of yours, Carlo Broussard, who's mm -hmm. originally from Louisiana, works for Catholic Answers. He was a guest on the show, lives in the Diocese of Tulsa now. Yeah, just moved there in June, and he's he's rocking it. Um, he's... You know, because it's, it's, it's really mission territory, mm -hmm. right? Like everywhere you go, they, the idea is we need to make more people Catholic. And that's exciting because like around here, it's already very Catholic. It's, we need to remind ourselves that's our mission, right? Like we need to remind each other. Like here, it's more like we need to keep people Catholic. Right, right. You know? Over there, it's like, okay, we got all these people. We got to make them Catholic. Yep. And so Carlo's on the front lines. I mean, he's going parish by parish, uh, speaking to um, people about the Catholic faith. And people go to these events that aren't Catholic. And so mm. he's able to talk with them, explain it to them. Um, and they're seeing some fruit already in six months. Yeah, so. he's smart, very knowledgeable, great speaker, great communicator, teacher. You know, yeah. that's his gift. Yeah. You know. So I'm very happy for them and, and for the Diocese of Tulsa. He's doing great things. You did some work with them recently. Yeah, right? I went up to Tulsa. And uh, I, I did some consulting for the youth and young adult office there. That's nice. what it was. And then I went back and I spoke at, at a, an event called La Goddess mm -hmm. there, you know, little event, spoke at the, uh, where they hold the uh, PGA championship. Really? Yeah. Right there in it Tulsa? Like, yeah. At the country club. Did you play? No, no, no. It, you know, it was at night where I spoke. It's hard to play at night golf, right? I, I think so. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they do have these like driving ranges or these places like Top Golf um, that you can play it, you know, mm -hmm. hit hit golf balls at night yeah, right, type right, thing. right but anyway uh speaking of hitting golf balls at night <laughs> uh, do you have a have you seen what did you say that is so interesting oh for real though i'll get it like have you seen the ball yeah that's pretty good right um have you seen 
Now, I know you keep up with uh, everything happening in, in the Netherlands, so you probably saw this. Yeah, usually I check the Netherlands news every day. Yep. Um, but just a couple days ago, November 29th, was uh, a growing national tradition called St. Pancake. Have you seen Ooh, this? Wow. Okay. No, I haven't. It's not an ancient tradition. Um, in fact, it was just started in 1986. Okay. But... Part of this tradition is that you wear a pancake. Now, for them, it looks like you a crepe. You wear a pancake? Yeah, on your head. Oh, on your head. Um, okay. That's a very flat pancake, so I would call that a crepe. That or looks a, or like a crepe. It looks like a crepe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you wear this pancake on your head, I guess, all day. Really? You know? Yeah. Um, I and mean, what's the point of this? What's the connection? <laughs> is this some, you know, even silly holidays have some type of, you know, correct Christian tradition so it was maybe kinda, not it's kind of weird there's this cartoonist in 1986 that created this cartoon for the newspaper where a father comes home and finds all his family wearing pancakes on their heads and it's just kind of silly okay like why are you wearing pancakes hit whatever um but someone took that idea and created this like fictional um story about a medieval monk oh well, medieval monks all right and they're all eating their pancakes and the older monk, and they had those like those shaved heads that monks yeah. had, right? Yeah. The older monk was cold, so he took his hot pancake and put it on top <laughs> on his bald head. Yes. I mean, the young monk did that. So he gave up his pancake. He wasn't going to eat it and gave it to the older monk. Right. Put it on his head. Then an angel descends. Is this all true? No, it's a fi- fictional tale. I mean, is this a true fictional tale? Yes. Like, someone this... wrote this story. Okay. An angel descends yeah. and gives this young monk... A heavenly pancake for his generosity to the elder, <laughs> out of a golden frying pan, and all the monks put the pancakes on their heads. After that, point being, the monks rejoiced that a miracle happened and called it Saint, Saint Pancake. Saint Pancake, which is how the tradition got started, and now it's growing. Like each year, more and more people on November twenty-sixth put. A crep on their head. It's so interesting that you bring this up. Really? Yes, because no, I'm dead serious. What, what can this possibly like, be connected to? No, I have been like out of control craving pancakes. Lately. You're kidding? Yeah. And look, here's the thing: I don't eat pancakes. Right. I rarely eat any carbs. Mm-hmm. You know, like breads or you know things like that. I eat a little bit of cereal, yada yada, some oatmeal, um, but. I have been craving just like these big, huge, fluffy stack of pancakes lately. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Was it two days ago? Yeah, it's like been this week. I, I can't stop thinking about do it. Do you have any Dutch blood in you? Um, I don't know. Because maybe... Oh, it's the 29th. November 29th, not the 26th. Um, yeah, maybe... Two days ago. Yeah. I think that was when I was craving them. Man. You're just a man of the world, I think. You know, you're just. I'm a Renaissance. Renaissance I'm definitely a Renaissance man. (laughs) Well, this settles it. You need to get a whole mass of pancakes. uh, Tell your family this beautiful story of Saint Pancake, and uh, get it done. Wow, what a tradition! We (laughs) we should start that. But I couldn't do pancakes um, without syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like nature and grace. Like, our human nature was made for grace. Mm-hmm. And we can cut off the grace. We're still human, but it's like pancakes without syrup. Right. It's just not not adequate. Yeah. Speaking of grace, uh, <laughs> you like my segues? Mm-hmm. You're laughing at me? Mm-hmm. 
we are coming into a grace-filled liturgical season. What? Advent. Are you serious? Yes. That's, that's now? I'm excited. Uh, the reason is, is because, you know, we begin spiritual year. Uh, you know, I always find this sort of conundrum, this friction point of we're, we're coming to a close of our calendar year, you know, as just a society, right, mm-hmm. as a culture. 2023 is coming to a close. We had Thanksgiving. Nothing really happens in December in a sense of like people just shut down, right? Mm-hmm. Christmas is coming, the whole thing. And, you know, whatever goals we had for the year, whatever, you know, things we wanted to do, accomplish or not, like everything's just winding down, but it's extremely hectic and busy, right? Yeah. Um, and yet in the middle of that, we begin our new year spiritually uh, with the season of, of Advent. Advent begins a, a new year, liturgical new year. Happy right? New Year, Paul. And the spiritual new year and season, and yet those two sort of cultural end of the year and this new spiritual year kind of collide at this weird point of like, really like a very busy, hectic point in our life, right? Mm-hmm. And I find that very odd and very brilliant and enlightening and uh, fulfilling at the same time, right? This mm-hmm. this tension of being busy and the holidays and our year coming to an end and, you know, the, the new year starting and then this new spiritual year kind of in the middle of all that, right? Mm-hmm. Before Christmas, before all that. And I think it's beautiful because Advent to me so much emphasizes and gives imagery that Jesus Christ came into the world not in a time of great peace, but in a time of chaos. Mm-hmm. And he does so too in our own lives. Hectic, chaotic, Christ comes. That's why I love Advent. Yeah. And and he comes in such a way that those who are looking for him find him. Um, and those who are looking for him for the wrong reasons don't think of like Herod who couldn't find him, things like that, looking for him, but not for the right reasons. And so hence the season of Advent is that there's a season to purify why we're looking for him. Yeah. And, and the three, you know, shepherds who, who found him, but they didn't really know what they were looking for in a sense. Right. right? Yeah. They were totally surprised that night. Right. Then the three wise men who spent their whole lives looking for him. Yeah, I mean, Scripture says, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. I mean, w- w- what is it that we're seeking and looking for? Christ, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus. Uh, and Advent is that time where, you know, we, we just get to to allow Jesus to to be in our midst and us to recognize him and find him. And, and you know, I, I think oftentimes we think, well, let me, let me get rid of the chaos and let, let, me, let me try to get my life all together. Right. And, and in part that we need to, like, we need to slow down. We, we need to enter into the sacramental life, the church, go to confession, you know, retreat. So all, all those things. But Jesus doesn't pursue us when we have it all together. Like mm-hmm. he still pursues us and comes into our chaos and helps us to clean and find peace from the inside out. Right. Like, yeah. Like this is the beauty. Like like Jesus was born in the midst of, of a very chaotic, hectic dictatorship of Herod, mm-hmm. who slaughtered innocent children. And Jesus was born during that time. Think about that. Yeah, in a very humble manger. You know, uh, in a busy 
time of the census where people were traveling back to their homeland. Like you just like I think oftentimes we think, oh, this is this is so beautiful and so peaceful. It's like no, Jesus was born in a very chaotic time, and he brought peace to the earth mm-hmm. during that time, and he does so now because Jesus lives, he reigns, he's alive. Yeah, yeah, he brought peace to those of goodwill, and that's the that's the thing is that. Um, people had to leave to find him. I was thinking about this two days ago in the Feast of St. Andrew, um, that right before the season of Advent, we're talking about a man who left everything to follow Jesus. And Advent means coming, but St. Andrew was about leaving, right? Hmm. Like he was the first to follow Jesus, the first to leave everything behind. He left his boat, his father, his livelihood, his family. He left it all to follow Jesus who said, come after me. Um, the shepherds who found him had to leave their fields to go to the manger at Bethlehem. The three wise men had to leave their country that they were in charge of and go to Bethlehem. Uh, Mary and Joseph had to leave their home and go to Bethlehem. Like Christ came in such a way that everyone who found him had to leave something, had to leave everything. And the ones who weren't willing, like Herod, he didn't leave. He sent people, Hmm. right? He didn't leave his life behind. That's a good point. He sent people. He wasn't willing. Yeah, he didn't find them. Hmm. And so Advent is that time of, okay, what do I need to leave behind? You know? Right. Um, am, I, am I a disciple ready to leave it all for Jesus? Because that's the one who's going to find him at Bethlehem. That's the one who leaves everything so that when he comes, I can find him. Hmm. Yeah, I was, uh, so Advent's coming up this Sunday, the, the podcast uploads this the Friday before Advent, December 3rd. So whenever you're listening to this on the radio or on the podcast, whatever, what, what's your plan for Advent? I always say, like, I try to at least, and I've failed. But when I, we get into these liturgical seasons that, that really the church and its beauty focuses us, right, on mm-hmm. what's happening and, and where our, our prayer journey is focused. Um, this time of Advent is that. So we kind of have to sit down and come up with a plan. Like, what are we going to do for Advent, right? Mm-hmm. And all of us have individually, through God's grace, can can kind of come up with that plan. Am I going to, you know, what am I going to do for Advent? How What is my prayer life going to look like? How am I going to give? How am I going to serve? Wh- wh- whatever. Um, how am I going to be more present? Um, how am I going to be more sacramental? Wh- whatever. So I sat down with my journal and started writing, you know, my Advent plan. Nice. And I always say make it simple and doable so you don't feel like you you you, you don't want your your spiritual and prayer life to be rushed and overpacked. Like you want to give God space to move, but you also have to be intentional in building in some disciplines, right? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, imagine if you could go to Bethlehem four weeks before Christmas, the very manger where he was gonna be born, and you know everything that's about to happen. And you can go on a retreat in that space, hmm. like at that manger. Yeah. Um, that simplicity of it, the the quietness of it. Yeah. Um, this is what Advent ought to be, right? Yeah. Is that whenever we do our meditations, whenever we receive the, the Eucharist or go to confession, it all has this flavor of we're doing this at Bethlehem, waiting for this child to come. And there should be a peaceful serenity. Bethlehem's a very humble place. Hmm. Don't go to Herod's palace. You won't no. find him there. Right? Don't go to uh, even John the Baptist. We're going to hear about him um, in the first, uh, second Sunday of Advent. Don't go out to the uh, 
river where the preaching is happening and all these people are there, go to the manger at Bethlehem and right. sit in that humble surrounding and spiritually because that's where Christ is coming. But what's your Advent plan, right? Like, don't, yes, go to Sunday Mass, but don't let that be the only thing. Like, are mm-hmm. you going to read the Gospels every day and pray? Or do you have an Advent journal you're going to use? Um, <clears throat> you're going to go to confession. You're going to go to adoration. Uh, you're going to be more present with your family. Try to work less. Like, what... Like, like, build in a, a plan that's going to focus you on Jesus for Advent. How does yep. how do you want Jesus to grow in your life in Advent, and build that in? You know, build in an Advent plan to really kind of soak in the beauty of the season, even in the midst of your chaotic life. Yep. You know, your hectic life. You know, I wrote a the fierce Advent devotional for men for this coming Advent. You know, and they sold out. Blessed is she sold out. There's no more. Um, <clears throat> so you can't get them, but you couldn't get them shipped to you anyway by this time. So Advent right. starts them. But all that being said, the the um, digital copy is still available oh, great. on their website. You can download it. But I even sold my copy. I don't even have a copy. <laughs> Literally. So what are you going to do for Advent? I have the PDF. Okay. Uh, but my wife has the, the women's version called Found. We're going to do those together and kind of talk about it. And then I'll have my own prayer time, things like that. But like just kind of just having a little bit of a plan just helps you focus in Advent. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Uh, great to be with you, Paul George, uh, Deacon Adam Conk. <laughs> Trying out this new song. I think you're saying, Don't Be Scared. I like that. Be fierce. Be fierce. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Um, welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Uh, it's good to be back after a couple of weeks um, on break, Thanksgiving, the holidays, the whole deal. Um, Deacon Adam, Paul George, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast or the radio KLFT here in Lafayette. Adam got in early and picked new songs. That's right. <laughs> it's having, a new year, you're baby. Having fun today. New music. Um, that's great. Um, <laughs> okay, I have a little moral dilemma I want to share with you. Uh oh. Can you help me? Oh, probably. As a deacon. Sure. You think so? Yeah, I think uh, on air is the perfect time to discuss personal moral dilemmas. Okay. I have a couple of websites. One is uh, our ministry website, discovertheartofliving.com. And mm-hmm. then I have a <clears throat> also a website, paulgeorge.la. Yeah. My books, consulting, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I have a couple of websites. But anyway, someone went into... So if you go to my, my paulgeorge.la website, you can email through the website. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you don't know this, there is a Paul George out there that <laughs> plays um, NBA basketball. And now plays for the Los Angeles Clippers. That's right. So the L.A., yeah. paulgeorge.la. Now, maybe you could look up when he was born. 
but I'm older. I would imagine. I've been I've been here a long time <laughs> on the on the planet. Yeah, you came first. Um so anyway, I got an email through my website. Um <clears throat> yeah, I mean he's he was born in 90, 1990. Wow, we're getting old, huh? Okay. So just yeah, I mean I was wrapping up high school. Yeah, when he was born. Okay, so anyway, a great guy. I've never met him, um, but uh, t- very talented. A- anyway, uh, <clears throat> we share the same name, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I got an email through my website because my website's paulgeorge.la. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Louisiana. Not LA Clippers. No, no, right. and it never intention of that. <laughs> well, when so, you made the website, he was not playing for Los Angeles. No. So, just saying. No, 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 no. Hey, Mr. George, and uh, this is – you know, kind of the moral dilemma. I, I'm hoping this message finds you well. And it, it had, it, it did find me well. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I, got, I, I am well. That's great. And I got it. And I appreciate that. I, I'm sure you get millions of these messages. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say I personally don't right. get millions, but I do get a few. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm working at a homeless shelter. For, for young boys in Lake Villa, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is where it gets a little sad. <laughs> this is the moral dilemma. We recently got uh, Kaleo admitted to the program. You are his favorite player mm. of his father. Mm. Mm. His father is deceased now, and his mother is entering rehab due oh to the goodness. whole incident. Yeah, it gets kind of sad. I, I'm, I'm, I got the email. Okay, so this is the more... <laughs> Kalel is having a real difficult time. He does light up when he watches you play on TV. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Just wanted to share the impact you have on the youth as well. Have a great rest of your night. Hmm. What do I do? Do you have any ideas? Yeah, I think, one, you got to respond. No, I've gotten emails like this before. Twitter messages, all these social media, and a lot of it's hate mail. Really? Yeah, I hate you. You beat us last night. Or no you, kidding. Yeah, things like that. And then I could just delete that. That's like that is hilarious. Okay, and and that's fine. Like, there's no like moral compass in like deleting someone's hate mail. Right. And it's not even aimed towards me. Right. It's you know some other person. But I get this email, and I'm like, what do I do? Well, I think you respond and say, look, uh, there's there's been a misunderstanding. <laughs> but I would love to meet Khalil. Uh, if possible, help him. If I could be of help, that sounds great. And uh, I mean, I could send him a book. Yeah, let's send you not fierce because those are all out. Yeah, but um, rethink happiness might be a good fit. Yeah, and I don't even know how old he is. If he can read, like what mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah, so do what you can to help Khalil Paul because God put. Or it could be a junk email. I could be getting catfished. That's true. Do you know what that is? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. somebody's pretending to be someone else online, and then you fall for it. You know. Well, did you look up the homeless shelter name? Because he gave a name. Like, I got another email this week. This is the, you just never know, from mm-hmm. a Monsignor in London mm-hmm. asking me to come speak at a conference at their church. Well, the conference is in like two weeks, three weeks, and I found that very fishy. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's did real you look or not. into it? I emailed him back, but I haven't heard back, which is like, you know, that kind is, of yeah. is like, yeah. what's going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, who asked you to speak at a conference three weeks out? Right. In another country, right? 
Now, I looked up. They do have a website at their church. I couldn't find the conference, but I'm like, could someone be pretending to be someone else? It's very mm-hmm. possible because yes. I've never met this person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they want me information. They want me to fly there, and they're going to, like, you know, kill me. Like, you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, the, the online world is weird. Yeah. yeah so you never know this could be on. a totally real person who's, like, really trying to <laughs> reach out. But, like, here's the thing. If you go to my website, Mm-hmm. Okay, like I'm not the smartest person in the world. Okay, and I don't claim to be. When I'm in a room with smart people, I know who's smarter, and it's not me. Okay, <laughs> and I think probably one of my gifts is recognizing people's gifts and talents and their intelligence. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm not, you know, the brightest bulb in the room. I understand this, but if you go to my website and you type in, www dot and i'm gonna do it right now paulgeorge.la <clears throat> and you see there's my name paul george and then you scroll and midway down is a big old picture of me mm-hmm. okay it's hard to mistake you for the nba paul now george. i am a late 40s caucasian mm-hmm. okay you're about the same height, maybe. I don't know. No, I'm not even close. Okay. Paul George, the basketball player, is an early 30s African-American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's taller than you? Taller, younger, more handsome, and very, very much darker than me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, look, I'm not, like, I'm not saying there could be a mistake, but I'm saying, like, it's got to be really Seems hard fishy. Yeah. to, to um, mistake me. Mm-hmm as the Paul George, the NBA player. Now, to her defense, Adam, she may not even know who that is. That's correct. You know, so she just types in Paul George. But if you go to the website, (laughs) it just says, love God, serve others. That's the mission. You're like, oh, okay. It doesn't look like an NBA player. Well, maybe she thinks it's an outreach of Paul George, right? It's like it's But my picture is right there. And so she may, anyway. Maybe you're running his organization for him. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the Lord connects... It's such a good photo of me that maybe she thought, oh, that's a stock photo of, like... A guy. A guy. Yeah. A guy Paul George is helping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, look, God has connected you in some way, uh, maybe, if it's not fake. And um, who knows? A year from now, you could be best friends with Khalil. What if... Yeah, what if a year from now, like, I reported back that we adopted a kid? (laughs) (laughs) How crazy! And it all started. It all started. You know, I've heard mistake on my website. I've heard stories like that. Amazing God stories that, um, yeah, God does things like that sometimes, connecting people in in very strange ways that become very meaningful to each other. And the reason I bring this up is I'm going to email her. It it could be spam, but Mm -hmm. it is very weird. Um, But it's sad at the same time. And I I do want to tie this into Advent, and here's why: is because. One of the things that we struggle with doing, and and I'm first to admit it, is recognizing Christ in the moments of each day. One of the things that Advent does is is it is really a grace-filled calling from the church in this liturgical season to slow down and recognize the presence of Jesus in the world, right? Mm -hmm. He comes in, in simplicity, not blowing trumpets and with a with a gold crown. He comes as a young child, a baby, an infant, born in a manger, 
into this world through parents, through Mary, foster father Joseph. And, and like you said in the first segment, the, the shepherds didn't know what they were looking for, but when they saw him, it says they recognized him, right? They, they, knew, what, they knew that they had found the Messiah, mm-hmm. right? And I think we miss the presence of Christ in the day-to-day because we're so busy and hectic and our eyes and our vision are so focused on so many other things and, and they're not all bad right adam i like they some of them are, we were talking before the show just like you and i's desire like this time of year to like just shut our brains off like it's just been a long work year right like can mm-hmm. we just go ride a tractor and work on the farm and just do something that just clears our mind right mm-hmm. i think we all feel this way but advent is is sort of this this re recalling us to see the presence of Christ in our life. Yeah. So in this analogy, Paul George NBA would be like the the big, flashy, amazing things God does, which are really important. And uh, seeking God in those amazing ways is good. Um, and then you, Paul George, would be that like everyday presence of Christ or God in my life where um you know if we're if we're seeking the experiences of God's greatness in the big things we lose out on the experience of God's greatness in the little things which is how he chooses to manifest them mm-hmm. and the big things are really just bait you know the spiritual masters talk about this like when God does something amazing in our life He's really just baiting us, or like St. John of the Cross says, wooing us, like, like a, someone courting us to, to marry our soul, right? Like God will make big splashes in our life to get our attention and draw us in, but where God really reveals his, the depths of his love for us is in the day-to-day living, just like every married couple, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a husband who's trying to woo his wife can have flashy things from time to time to like draw her attention but it's really in the day-to-day commitment of abiding with each other that married love flowers. Same thing with our Lord and discipleship. Um, you know, earlier we were talking about people having to leave everything to follow Jesus. That's because if you're still living somewhere else, you can't really be a disciple. If you're not living with the Lord, like it's not a part-time thing, right? Um, so, for example, an NBA player comes to your town a few times a year. You could watch him on TV. Uh but you're not like sharing life with this guy, right? He mm-hmm. can be meaningful, but only to an extent. But our Lord wants to live within us every moment. And that is what Advent is really about. Is, is like, at least Pope Benedict XVI said, is that the coming of Christ is not just at the end of time, not just at Christmas 2,000 years ago, but every moment of every day, Christ comes to dwell with us. Mm. And we're either like the wise virgins, ready to welcome him when he comes, or we miss his coming. Completely. And that's, I mean, this is the whole point of Advent, right? Is like, let's not miss the presence of Christ in our life. And look, I'm, I'm a sucker for the big flashy. Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for like the busy. I'm, I'm the sucker for, man, what is, what is God doing? What, what, like what's new, you know, like, right. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and the Lord's just like, Hey, 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 slow down. Just see me in the simplicity of each day, each person, you know, um, and, and don't miss my presence. Right. And, and I think we, we, 
all, I can't speak for everyone, but a lot of people I talk to uh, understand that struggle, you know? And the beauty of Advent is that it is so simple and slow and beautiful. Um, And if we can allow ourselves to just enter into this season of Advent, look, Advent this year, like on a practical level, is like three and a half weeks, right? Like three, it's it's a, for some reason, the way it falls, it's a very short season, you know? So we can do three weeks of just like, Lord, like clear my calendar a little bit. Give give me some space in my mind and my heart to experience, to see you. Maybe it's seeing you in a homeless person or Mm -hmm. in one of my children or in my spouse or in the person I'm taking care of or um, in, you know, my spouse that's getting older or a, a child that I haven't seen or you know, a family member or someone at work, like, let me see you. Let me slow down. Let me be in prayer so that I can recognize. Let me see you in my own heart, right? In my own life, mm-hmm. in, in my own weaknesses, where the places in my life where uh, I have a hard time loving that part of myself, right? Like, uh, like let, let me see you. And look, I'm, I'm speaking from my own, right, experience here. So that's the beauty of Advent. This is what I love the most about the season of Advent is it is a it is a resetting of our life spiritually, but it starts very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, the simplicity of Christ coming into the world to bring peace into our hearts. Yeah, and that's why he came as a as a baby because you can't get more simple than how our Lord Himself revealed the whole project: love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's the simplicity of the project. And then you have things like uh, the spiritual masters and great saints like St. Benedict summed it all up as, you know, to love your neighbor as if Christ was coming. Like um, when when someone visits the monastery, treat them as you would Jesus himself. Um, This idea that to see Christ in others and care for Christ in others has made great saints, giants of saints. A very simple idea. Well, when you have a baby, everyone knows what you're supposed to do with a baby. Take care of it. That's right. Right? Like no one in a room, even I have lots of kids, even the really young ones, when a baby's in the room, they get it. I don't have to tell them. You mm-hmm. don't have to be taught. It's like when there's a baby there, you take care of the baby. Well, the baby grows up and becomes Paul George right before me, right? You're the same Paul George. Mm-hmm. And my task in your life is still the same. The project's the same. I'm supposed to love God and care for you and love you, right? Right. You're a little more self-dependent now than you were when you were a baby. But the point is Christ comes as a baby so that we can have this instinct activated in us mm. is that we need to care for him. We need to care for him in others. And if we see the Christ child in others um, who needs to be cared for and loved, like so many great saints have, then all of our spiritual instincts kick in. We're talking about pancakes earlier, right? That's where the syrup comes in. when that grace starts to come. It's like we, our, we have the capacity within us um, to be great saints by our baptism. We've been given the syrup, but you got to pour it on the pancake, Paul. Mm. Can you imagine like having this big thing of syrup and you got dry pancakes next That's to you? That's what I was telling you earlier. That's terrible. Like when I crave pancakes, I don't crave them without syrup. Right. Like I, when I imagine indulging in a f- just a a just a bundle of pancakes. <laughs> I see syrup all over them. Right. Hmm. Well, we have the syrup in our baptism. We have all that grace. But it's quite simple. To love God and neighbor is how we actually 
pour it on the pancakes, pour it over our lives. We shouldn't live a day without that mission being being the heart of it all, to love God and love neighbor. That's every Christian's life. So Advent is a time to slow down, particularly with the people around us, and see Christ in them. And no one is unworthy of our love because God loves them. No matter how, if they're an enemy, God loves that enemy and even commanded us to love that enemy. If they're a close friend, God loves that friend, and we shouldn't be so familiar with them that we forget to care for them and love for them. And we just kind of expect them to be there. Right. This is what a lot of us do with our families and friends is that we, when we walk into the room, we should see Christ as if he was there. We should act the same way. And um, this is what saints have taught us. And Advent is, is a time to get other stuff out of your life. Make it, make it easier to see Jesus and the other people. Amen. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. That's that's a very kind of lead into Advent Christmas. Yeah. Kind of jingle. Just getting it ready. <laughs> you know? <laughs> getting ready for the holidays. Yes. There it is. So welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, whether you're listening on the podcast or on the radio. Um glad you're here today listening to the show. Great to be back with you. Um Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk. Um so yeah, man, uh lots going on. Uh, in the world, and speaking of, do you have a weird Catholic stuff? What? Yep, that's weird, bro. You're weird. You know, people call me that my whole life. I know, and I love it. Weird Catholic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you got? Well, this coming week is one of the big Saint feast days of the year, Saint Nicholas. Ooh, you know, I was looking at that big guy, and I was noticing the list, and I did notice December 6th, St. Nicholas. Boom. Santa. Santa Claus. <laughs> the great debate. He's coming. What? He well, was, he was a bishop. He was a bishop, and there are so many stories about him that are just weird. Some of it seems legendary. Some of it may be true. Uh, well, a lot of it's legendary. Right. I mean, it was a long time but ago. But he was an actual 300s. Catholic bishop. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's not a mythical elf. He didn't have a wife named uh, Mrs. Um, he was... He, and Santa actually means... Saint. Saint. So, like, and Claus means Nicholas. Yeah. So like for those of you like, oh, it's Santa Claus. It actually means Saint Nicholas. Yeah, if you didn't know that. If you didn't know that. Welcome. Yeah. like, And some people don't really translate words. They don't think about it. Mm-hmm. But there it is. Yeah. News break today. News break. Um, 
But anyway, St. Nick. Uh, There's some weird Bishop. stuff about St. Nicholas. What's the weirdest thing that's out there about it? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm going to go through a little list here. Okay. Things I did not know, Okay. Really? Um, now, you're pretty knowledgeable. Yeah. Well, we're going to ease into it. I'm going to start with some like less crazy and then more crazy. Okay. So, did you know he's the patron saint of prostitutes? You know, actually, I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. Not because of any reason other than I read that before. Right. And because he helped the poor. And That's right. Yeah, these uh, this poor man who owed a lot of money was going to sell his three daughters as prostitutes. That's exactly right. And Nicholas got money and gave it uh anonymously so basically pay the dowry yeah pay the dowry for them and that's where actually the idea of gift giving in saint nicholas kind of comes from that's right so he saved these women from prostitution and he's patient of uh that all right so so we just pray for, for the intercession saint nicholas for all those who are like using their bodies for their own reasons yeah yeah that would be good all right it gets it gets weirder okay okay uh did you know, I didn't know this, he performed miracles in the womb when he was a baby in the womb. Really? And then as a little baby. Wow. Yeah, so the first was actually he was, and I didn't know this either, he was um, born of a woman that was older and barren. So he kind of had a miraculous conception. Okay. Um, but as he was gestating, before he was born, his mom got really sick, like deathly ill. St. Nick's mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. When he was born, she was completely healed. Like really? in the birth. I don't know. It didn't say what his, the illness was, but it was life-threatening. Okay. Completely healed. Well, she ended up dying like four years later anyway from the plague. He lost both his parents. But he healed her um, Wow. at birth. So that was his first miracles. You know, another saint that lost both his parents, and I'm sure there are a lot, but John Paul II. That's right. That's right. All right. Now, this, this is pretty weird. He, uh, did you know he started fasting? When he was one week old. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't he didn't have a choice. Well, okay, so <laughs> this is pretty wild. Um, so his third miracle that they count oh. came when he was baptized. Okay. So when he was baptized less than a week old. This was uh, a special kid from the very beginning. Very special now, kid. What year was Saint? Well, Nick? it was in the two hundreds, so somewhere around there. Okay. He's, At his baptism, he stands up in the baptismal font. Oh, yeah. He was born in 270 yeah. and died in 343. So he's he's old. He stood up in the baptismal font uh, less than a week old. Stood as up. his third miracle. Yeah. Now, that's got to be a myth, unless that was a, just a miracle of miracles. <laughs> There's actually a painting of it. Um, really? An old painting. Well, anyway, here's this, where his fasting comes in. Um, he refused to nurse... On Wednesdays and Fridays. Now, Wednesdays and Fridays were days of fasting, particularly so, in the early church. So he fasted. He refused to nurse. Wow. <laughs> what a dude, man. He wouldn't he would not take a drip until his parents had finished their prayers. Mm. <laughs> for Wednesday and Friday. Wow. Like penitential prayers. This is weird. That is weird. Um all right. He we know about him punching Arius in the face. May or may not have happened. We talked about it all last year. That's not that weird. But okay, he brought children back to life. Did you know that? I didn't. Um Okay, so according to an old French song, three boys knocked on a butcher's door and asked if they could stay the night. The butcher invited them in and chopped them up with an axe. Ooh, this was in his town. That sounds horrible. And threw them in a pickle barrel. 
a pickle barrel. Yes. Of well, all places. Listen to this. Seven years later, after that happened, they're still in the pickle barrel. St. Nicholas dropped by the butcher's place to get some food. And he asked where the barrel of full, uh, about the barrel, you know, what's in there. And the butcher um, showed him. And St. Nicholas saw the dead bodies. <laughs> well, he said, repent and God will pardon you. So the guy repents, goes to confession, and the kids come back to life. This is like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abandigo mm-hmm. in the furnace. Yeah. The king throws them in the furnace to burn. Of course, they're going to like just be ashes, and they survive. They didn't burn. Right. Well, they were preserved in the pickle barrel because of the stuff, their bodies at least. <laughs> and they come back to life after seven years. It's like Lazarus, man. That is something. Um, this isn't... It's pretty disgusting. Like, I don't know. Like, Well, let's take a break from the disgusting. He was short. Did you know that? Less than five feet tall. St. Nicholas. That's what they say. Was he a jolly old fella? He didn't look very jolly. Well, I mean, you'd think they have a picture of him from the 300s? No. No, but um, when they analyzed his bones in 1953, so they have their bones, they realized... He was less than five feet tall. Okay. That's a little guy. So he's a little Cajun. Yeah. Um, just a couple more. These are fun. You can tell them to your kids this Christmas. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> you can even reenact the uh, kids coming back to life out of the pickle barrel. Maybe we should get a big old <laughs> barrel of pickles to celebrate St. Nick. <laughs> um, okay. His body was stolen for a few hundred years. Did you know that? <laughs> Where'd it go? Okay. Then, now, this was a thing back then. People yeah. would still like... Saint bodies. Well, he was buried in Turkey, which is not far from uh, Smyrna. And um, anyway, his body uh, in 1087 was stolen by Christians from Italy and brought it to Italy. Um, then they brought it back. Can you imagine so, stealing bodies? Mm-hmm. That would be a cool job. You know, like if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like... You've talked about that before. I think you want to do that. I just think it would be funny. No, I've actually haven't talked about stealing bodies. I've talked about what what would happen if you just went and dug up graves and there were people who were incorrupt that we had no idea. Right. Like there could be a ton of graves where someone's incorrupt. We have no idea. We have no clue. That's what I've talked about. Yeah. Or there could be kids in pickle jars that you could find. But I've never talked about going steal bodies. Right. But that might be kind of a cool game. (laughs) So anyway, there's some weird stories about St. Nicholas uh, that you ought to know as you celebrate his day, December 6th. Mm -hmm. Some Mm -hmm. wild stuff. Now, here's something that, like, we've decided as a family. But look, I don't have – I'm not going to get in this great debate about, like, Christmas and – and Santa Claus and whatever. But here's what we have decided as a Christian. We can't pretend that Santa Claus wasn't St. Nick. Mm-hmm. Right? And that St. Nick was is not a saint who is a bishop, a priest. Right? Mm-hmm. And like pretend like like all of a sudden he's some mythical character that comes down a chimney. Right? right. So if you want to, you know, kind of play with the sort of fairy tale of Santa Claus, great, whatever. But you can't not tie in St. Nicholas and and uh, what he did with the dowry for the women and like giving to the poor mm-hmm. and tie that into uh, 
you know, the shepherds giving gold, frankincense, the gifts to Jesus, like, like what the, the gifts that we do at Christmas has a very, very theological and Christian meaning, Mm -hmm. right? That has nothing to do with the mythical character of Santa Claus. Right. What we were talking about earlier, love God, love neighbor. That's where the gift giving comes because to give Christ, it's, it's Christ's birthday. Right. He gets the gifts. But how do you give Jesus a gift? Well, you give it to your neighbor. Yeah. Right? And that's great. That's the whole point of And, and so you can giving. have fun and, and you can pretend and you can do all, but you can't not, as a Christian, not, not pretend the meaning of Christmas. Well, the idea that you get a gift based on your good behavior from this mythical creature <clears throat> right. who's half elf and has a wife and lives in North Pole, um, not exactly the Christian idea. No, I mean, look, when th- this kind of like turned upside down on us as a family. We were, our oldest is three years old, and we, um, we had, we adopted it through our church or through an organization, a family in need, and so with that, we got a a list of things that th- this family needed for Christmas for their kids and whatever. So we went out <clears throat> and bought those things and wrapped them, and then delivered them to the family Mm -hmm. okay like before christmas you know we got in our car and drove to these people's house and and brought them you know gifts for christmas like we felt like we we wanted to do this and uh we had a three-year-old three-year-old daughter and on the way she uh was very confused and she said well i don't understand why santa doesn't bring them the gifts and it was just like became very very clear mm-hmm. because Santa doesn't, we do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how confusing is it for people or for kids to say that oh Santa brings you gifts because you have money or you're good, and yet the poor person Santa doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like that is very very confusing to people, right? Yeah. So we can't pretend like those real things don't exist and that Christ isn't in the world and that gifts don't have meaning and serving the poor and, and loving others. And that even our gifts to our own family members have, have some meaning and purpose. And, and even if that gift is just time together, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. like it's not the value of what you wrap. It's about the presence of Christ. And so Let's not Advent kind of focuses on that so that at Christmas we don't get away from what it all really means. Now have fun, pretend, cook, rap, do all those things. That's great, but don't not do Jesus. Right. Right? Like don't not do that. Yeah. Because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Well, and this actually ties to our pancake story because this tradition was started in 1986 in the Netherlands. It's been catching steam. It has no real significance and meaning other than it's fun and silly, mm-hmm. but it's catching on. Whereas the Netherlands used to have a much more Christian identity. Now they put pancakes on their head. Right. The thing is you can do fun, silly things and fill that need you have for meaning with things that are utterly meaningless. You can do that. This is why uh, St. Nick slapped, what's his name? Arius, yeah. Yeah. Like just stop, like, like snap out of it. That's a great point. You know, I mean, Arius was trying to, he was attempting to take away the meaning of Christ's incarnation. He was claiming he wasn't God. Um, 
he was he was denying the identity of that baby in the manger, let's say. Right, exactly. And now I'm not advocating slapping people, but I think the way that we live our life can, you know, quote unquote, like slap people out of maybe the their reality of kind of what they're doing and say, maybe there's a different way or a more peaceful way to live. And that's what all we're called as Christians is to to bring Christ into our everyday life so that other people can see the peace and understand and know and experience the peace of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, St. Nicholas was a bishop and a preacher and a pastor. Um, those dimensions of who this person is can't be lost. Like, we, we can't not hand on that St. Nicholas to our children in favor of really is ultimately much more meaningless St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, you know? Right. I mean, because what happens is um, they assume there's a lack of meaning in everything else that goes along with Christmas, like mass and everything else. Like it's all just kind of part of this child's fantasy world. I mean, how many times have you heard this, Paul? People say, oh, yeah, I was brought up Catholic or I was raised Catholic or my family was Catholic or whatever, as if faith is something for children. But then you grow out of it, and you right. learn how the real world works. Right. But Jesus is for children and adults. Those little babies become <laughs> grown, and Jesus loves them. Yeah, I always say, like, I don't I don't think God ever stops seeing us as a child, mm-hmm. no matter how old we get. Right? Mm-hmm. But I think the older we get, you know, we think we're smart. We think we're even smarter than God. You know, we're like, oh, I know it. I know everything. You know? That's right. And God just looks at us like his small child, you know, and wants to take care of us. Well, so so I'm a deacon now for three and a half years, and mm-hmm. I do a lot of baptisms. And I've told myself, uh, I've allowed myself to do the same baptism homily until I see the same face twice. Right. So if I see the same face in the crowd, I'm switching homilies. And it hasn't happened yet. Three and a half years. I've you know you're going to be faces. old one day when, like, the person you baptize is now baptizing their kid. Yeah. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. But that's the homily I give with the reading of our Lord uh, preaching. Little kids are coming to him. The disciples are like, stay away. And he rebukes the disciples and says, unless you become like them. But it's exactly that, is that if we get too grown up to where we don't depend on God for everything like a child, then we can't even enter the kingdom of God. Um, but our dependence on God means a dependence on others in such a way that the love of neighbor is how God brings his providence into the world. God's going to love us through people, and he's going to love people through me. And you mentioned earlier, that's why loving your neighbor as yourself, this this identifying myself with someone who's loved by God and valuable and good and worth loving, then enables me to love other people. Mm. Even though I have sins and shortcomings and faults, I can love people because God made me to do that. He made me good. And if I don't believe that and understand that identity, then I can't be that vessel of providence. And my gift giving becomes meaningless. I'm just sharing stuff with people. But if I really know God and know how he loves me, then I can be a gift to others. How true that is, Adam. And like you say so often, hurt people hurt people. (laughs) (laughs) But joyful people bring joy to people. Yeah. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. I do think. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Oh, I, I get it. Yeah. So I let's not hurt people this Advent, this Christmas. No. Let's bring the joy of Christ to everyone, to each other. So anyway, speaking of, thanks everyone for being a part of the show this Friday. 
mm-hmm. or whatever day you're listening to it on the radio or on the podcast. Stay a part of the show. And it's great to be back. Well, hopefully, we'll be back next week. <laughs> God bless. Thank you.